Hi, Filmatics. Welcome to the show. Thanks for tuning in. Today, we have a very amazing and special guest. I'm so excited. We have Jeffrey Kramer. He's an actor and producer, and he is known for Jaws 2, Clue. He developed the X-Files. He also did, um, he got three Emmy, Emmy nominations and three Golden Globes. There was three Emmy wins, right? For The Practice and Allie McBill. And we're so excited. Yep. yep, we're so excited to have Jeffrey Kramer, who um, is producing partner with David E. Kelly and The X-Files, one of my most favorite, favorite shows of all time, Paranormal, Mystery, Intrigue. And he also, just when you think that's not enough, he also did The Sweet Smell of Success, which was on Broadway and won the Tony with John Licko. So let's let's give him a warm welcome. Jeffrey, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. Yes. And Jeffrey, so where are we recording live with you today from? You don't have to give the exact address, but just a kind of a general. I am in Sherman Oaks, California at the moment. Yep. Uh, sequestered in my home <laughs> uh, due to the uh, pandemic. Yep. And it's raining buckets in L.A., which it never does. We're at March, March 3rd. And or the rain is coming down finally. <laughs> That's because you watered your plants. Yes, yes. They were watered. What you when you water your plants, it always rains in LA. So you should do it more often. <laughs> they were they were so thirsty for two weeks, no water. Yeah. And now they're like, help, she's drowning us. So yeah, for um, sure. so Jeffrey, I wanna um ask you, growing up, did you have a favorite film as a kid that you liked watching? Well, there was something that truly influenced my life. And my my mother would say that she took me to see Peter Pan as a child. And I we were in the first row of the balcony. And she said she had to hold on to me because she thought I was going to fall out of the balcony. And ever since then, I really wanted to be, <laughs> I think I wanted to be Peter Pan. I always wanted to fly and I never wanted to grow up. And wanted to be an actor, and it was uh, it was one step after another. And even as a child, I was acting. Oh. Uh, I, mean, I toured in a little play called uh, Heidi. I was Peter and Heidi. And then when I was thirteen, I played Warren Beatty's younger brother in a production of Compulsion that Robert Ludlum, the writer, produced because he was producing. The prop man at the time was Mark Crowley who wrote Boys in the Band. And uh, Warren Beatty was the, my older brother. And it's a story where they they murder a kid to try to commit the perfect crime. And they murder a friend of the little brother who was me. And it is unbelievable because I said to Warren, I said, you know, I because of you, I couldn't wait to grow up. Because when I thought that when you grow up, Women just throw themselves at you. And then when I grew up, I realized it was just you. It wasn't the rest of us. Oh, man. No, but, I don't believe that all, Deb. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm sure. I, yeah. So Peter Pan, yeah, such a magical, um, beautiful film. You also said there was a play that you liked, too. That was, well, that was, well, I saw Mary Martin in 
Peter Pan on Broadway. It was that play of Peter Pan that I loved so much. Yes, yes, beautiful, great imagination. Being kids, as you know, I'm a forever kid. With my, I still have, uh, I have my Enchanting Book Readings podcast where I do kids content every day and, and speak like a kid. So I think my voice stayed like a kid. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I want to ask you as well, because um, you have a great, gr huge success as an actor and producer of some of the most extraordinary popular TV shows of all time. So did you have a favorite Criterion movie collection that inspired you to your career path? Well, what I really loved were the 70s movies. I mean, everything from The Godfathers to Chinatown to... Jaws, yes, Jaws yes. Two, which I have a, a special affinity for. I play Hendrix, the deputy, and Steven Spielberg was still Steven then in those days. And the godfather to my youngest son is Richard Dreyfus, who who <laughs> who um, was I met during Jaws, and uh, I made lifelong friendships during Jaws one and two. A lot of kids from the Jaws two I still see and. Jean Swark, who directed it, is my dearest friend, and Joe Alves. And I made such lifelong friends during this experience, and it was like a perfect storm. You know, nobody ever knew that it was going to be as successful as it was. We all thought the plug might get pulled during the shooting of it because we were over budget and over dates, and oh my gosh, it was a mess, but it all, it was like everything came together in an oddly creative, perfect storm way that just made it all work. Well, you've made lots of people in Florida and around the world scared of the ocean because of Jaws. If you see a fan, it doesn't even matter if it's a dolphin fan. We're like, shark, run! <laughs> None of us ever swam the same again, I guarantee you. Yeah, and t speaking of, um, and uh, oh, so, so you're an actor. Is there a favorite director, like one of your favorite, because I know you have many, you don't want to, um, but is there a director that you just love working with as an actor? I love Jean Oswark. He was the best. He was so smart and he knew what he wanted. And he was just kind and decent and not somebody who got what he wanted by coercion or screaming or <laughs> hysterics. He was the consummate professional and he was so smart about film. And if you look at his career, you see all these different movies he did that really influenced all of us from the romantic. Um, that uh, the somewhere in time to Enigma to Supergirl to Santa Claus the movie which I also did with him with John Lithgow and I played the schmuck villains. Oh, villain! And, yeah. Uh, oh yeah, it was great fun. From great Sheriff fun. in Jaws to schmuck villains and <laughs> oh, what, what's the name of the movie? Because I want our audience to hear you. What's the, what's the name of the movie? Oh. Santa Claus the movie. Said and and the director's name. Can you repeat it? Because I love how you say it. Oh, it's. Jano, J-E-A-N-N-O-T, Swark, S-Z-W-A-R-C. So he Jano, directed Jaws 2. So he Jano, came in. Right. Swark. Okay, directed Jaws 2. Beautiful. Right. Yeah, so that's, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, because it's interesting. People always ask me, like, oh, hell, can you ask them about directing? And, and so when you're an actor, so, um, so do you have a favorite scene that you did? Or do you want to, like, could you describe a favorite? Um, I don't, but I'll tell you something about acting. You know, I always, 
I, <clears throat> it was so up and down in life. I mean, you'd work and then you wouldn't. And then three jobs would come in at once and you couldn't do them all because they conflicted in time. And, and it was always like that. And it, the up and downs of it were just tough for me. I, I was never one who had a great hobby that took up the in-between times. And it was it was a tough one. And then I began to realize later on in life that we were the first hired the first fire the sorry we were the last hired and the first fired <laughs> and i thought geez i want more control over my life i'll tell you an interesting story we were having our first child and i got an offer to do a, a series a tv series and you know they always have to match if you can your quote your, of your last job, how much money you made in your last job. And they wouldn't pay it. And they offered me a third of what I usually got. And we had no money. We were having our first child. And I'm on street corners, hiding below <laughs> a, a hat, selling flowers. Because uh, I was afraid my agent had walked by. I was embarrassed. And Oh, wow. And you then, really, really sold and flowers. I, and it raked my ego. And I thought, Oh my God, I really don't want to do this for this kind of money, but we needed it and I did it. And it was a really important life lesson for me because being, being there, it shouldn't be just about the money. But when I was there, I made friends for life. I enjoyed the work. I needed the money and it all turned out so well because I just, you never know what will happen to you if you take that leap and take these jobs and be busy. Being busy will lead to other things. You have to always keep moving forward in this business. You cannot stand still, whether it's laterally or forward or whatever, you've got to keep moving. And if forward is, is the best, if you can, but you never know, but you have to be out there to be able to participate in it. Wow, that's an incredible story that like you had your high highs and then you had some lows where you were selling flowers in disguise at a street corner, which could be a movie and a play. I see it now. And then you get offered, uh, you get offered well, yeah. this TV show and then you can come out of hiding and say, here I am, Jeffrey Kramer. Yeah. So that's such a great and inspiring story because, you know, we most of most of us start, you know, most of us aren't born in the business. We're not royalty. We're not famous. So we're you know, there's so many talented people trying to get in. So that's super inspiring. I love that. So that's going to lead me into so um so how did you start we know you're a kid you're watching peter pan with your mom and then how did you start did you study did you train I, yeah i did i i went to i got a acting scholarship to college i went to Ithaca college and we just got such an education and we were so active and my mom was born on martha's vineyard my grandparents had emigrated there, immigrated there, and it was just a beautiful place. And we talked the college, it talked the college into letting us start a summer theater of, in the summers. And they financed it. We had all these kids, we paid $15 a week, and we played all the best young men's and female roles. And we did a play a week. So it was one week summer stock. And what an education that was. You rehearsed one play in the day and performed another one at night. And in those days, if you didn't memorize 
30 pages in a night, you were gone. You oh, had wow. to do it. I don't know that I could do that again, but it oh. was so much fun. And it was such an education and it was uh, just brilliant. And after two seasons that Ithaca did it, when we graduated, we took it over on our own. And I hired all the young, good young directors from New York who got to know our work, so would hire us in the winter because directors love to work with people who they know and they like and they love their work. And, uh, and it was uh, just terrific. And all of that led to, you know, between being an, a waiter at the Magic Pan or <laughs> other things to make money and working, it led to me reading about in the vineyard paper about Jaws. And I had my agent in New York made an appointment with Steven Spielberg and I flew to Boston with another friend of mine and I went in and I met Steven. And I walked out of meeting Steven and I said to the guy who was there, I said, I'm gonna get this. I have never done that before, but I just felt like, whoa, Ten days later, I think I was in Virginia doing a commercial, and I got the call, and it was so exciting. I mean, the first day of principal photography on Jaws is when I find the first body and throw up on the beach. I was so nervous I could have really thrown up. Wow! And did you at that time? Stephen was Stephen, like he was he was a big deal, right? The, yeah, yeah. So he had just done one other movie called Duel. And TV he had done, but no, this was his his biggie. Yeah, and he was about your age. You guys are both at twenty twenty seven ish. He was about yeah, yeah, twenty eight, twenty, yeah, something like that. I don't remember, but it was it's a long time ago. That, well, we don't have to. You know, we're young. We're young. We're Peter Pan. Remember, we're magical. We don't. I get. I get. I won't grow up. Yeah, and and so what? What can you share us anything on that set with Spill Stephen? Was there like good memories? Can you just share us anything? Any funny? Well, stories? I love Murray Hamilton. You know, one night we're walking back, and Murray went here, kitty, here, kitty, and a skunk came out and skunked him. <laughs> we had to bathe him in tomato juice and then put him in the. He left his room and came down and slept on the couch in the lobby of the hotel. That lobby smelled. It was unbelievable. Murray was great. And, you know, Richard and I became friends. And, you know, he, he was instrumental in my life in many ways. Years later, when I wanted to see out of changing my life and they offered me a job at Fox, my, my wife had set him up at the time and he came over and said, Jeffrey, if you don't do this, I will kill you. <laughs> And I ended up going to all the, all of the meetings and I got the job and it changed our lives. And I was so happy it did. So, it so was, for, yeah, for the people listening, you went to Fox and you became, can you like, tell them a little bit about that? Well, so I was an actor forever and, you know, it was up and down and up and down and it ceased or famine. And, um, you know, it was tough and it was easier then in a sense because you worked more now you have to audition and read for three lines yes you know in those days people casting directors who knew you would call you and have say come in and i did tons of them laverne and shirley and happy days i played the leader of fonzie's old gang 
Lefty from the Falcons. Oh, can you give us some uh, yeah. acting? Can you give us any of uh, that? No, come no. On. It was fun, though. I love yeah, it. You can't say, come Kenny on, boys. Was... Oh, come what? on. Yeah. Oh, you, so you play leaders Lefty. and villains and sheriffs. I like it. Well, and then, uh, you know, I actually was Chuck Norris's partner in a movie called Hero and the Terror. And that got me out of acting. Oh. Chuck Norris says says listen we need you to go into uh uh the water here we're shooting in san pedro and i look over in the water and i see used prophylactics floating in the water i said i'm not going in that water he says no 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 we'll give you a stunt bump i said it's not about money it's really because you know if you do stuff like that what they do is saline out your eyes ears and nose and that's not enough he says, no, 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 we'll give you a stunt bump, a big stunt bump. I said, no, it's not about money. He said, get the director over here. The director, Bill Cannon, who I love, came over. He says, this actor doesn't want to go in the water. He looks in the water, sees what I see, and says, whoa. Ah. <laughs> I don't blame him. Jews don't go in water like that. And I thought, whoa, he's right. I'm not going in the water. And his, he said, fine, I'll have my son do it. His son never did it. They had a, a, um, a stuntman named Branscombe Richmond, I think it was, who went in the water, but it was disgusting and I, I wasn't going to do it. And I thought afterwards, I don't want to do this. I'd rather drive a cab. <laughs> well, now, yeah, because it's like if the water's not clean, you can catch things and so in safety. Oh, and it's cold. If you're, out, uh, if you're on the you West bet. Coast, it's ice cold. So then. And Jaws can be there. I, I, <laughs> I knew they were looking for somebody at Fox. I heard this through a, a friend of a friend of a good guy I knew. And I went in and met Barry Diller. I met uh, John Dolgen and I'm Harris Cattleman who hired me. And then within a year, I ran development at Fox. It was so exciting because you know what I learned? I learned that there were no facts here. It's all opinions forcibly argued. And actors can do this as well as anybody, you know? Oh, man. It, so was, a, it was great. And then I met friends and a lot of people. And within, well, within a year, I got it. Tony Danza's company and came to me and offered me a ton of money to go run his company. And I didn't do it because I knew that I was in the system and I would do well. And then I ended up going off with David and ran his company and he and for years. And I love David Kelly. He's brilliant and kind and decent and talented. And there's just all superlatives. And we did, we did, uh, well, he had picket fences going. We did Chicago Hope. We did the practice, which I was really proud of. And with Ali McBeal. And in the practice, you know, the funny story is I, I went to a dinner for um, at the AFI for Clint Eastwood, I think it was. And at the time, he was promoing a movie called In the Line of Fire. And Dylan McDermott was there. And Dylan tells this story, too. And I went there and I go up to him. I don't know him. And I said, do you care about material? He says, yeah, it's everything in the world to me. So I said, then you owe it to yourself and your career to read this pilot. And he said, get it to my agent. I promise you I'll read it. So the agent calls me 
and says, well, he's a movie star. I said, yeah, he just did Jersey Girls. What's he going to do? 49 more <laughs> New Mexico girls, North Dakota girls. He says, well, look, everything you Mr. Kelly and you do doesn't stick to the ceiling. He was really a creep. And he said, he gave me his word. He promised me he would just read the script. A week later, Dylan called me, says, Jeffrey Kramer? I said, yeah. He said, I love the script. I said, I knew you would. He said, do you ever, did you ever hang out in a bar called Jimmy Days in the village in New York? He said, every night of my life, I'd often get off the subway and go in. He said, do you remember Mac? I said, yeah, the bartender who's my friend. He goes, that's my father. He said, and you're not going to remember this, but I was an underage busboy. And you came in and you were a little drunk, but we sat and talked for hours about acting and you inspired me. And he tells the press this. When I left that dinner, I went and called my kids and I said, you know, you got to always put it out there because you never know when it'll come back to you. Wow, that is like the best story ever. So I want to just make sure that um, our audience heard that. So so you had a chance meeting with Dylan McDermott to read for, and this is David E. Kelly when, um, because the audience is like, doesn't know David. So David E. Kelly, um, writer, producer of the practice and Allie McBill, three Emmy wins and three Golden Globe wins, huge, 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 Michelle Pfeiffer, uh, wife, hello, Jeffrey Kramer. So when you met Dylan McDermott, who promised to read it, which is a promise in Hollywood is like, well, it's fantasy land when you get a promise for someone, right. actually. Right. He meant it. His word was his bond, and it was good. So his agent was kind of like, huh, he's a movie star, ching-ching, ching-ching. But somehow Dylan did read it. But then the story is the bar in New York, because this is sad about COVID. All the bars were closed, all the restaurants. You couldn't meet your friends. A lot of people are depressed. There's no interaction with your buddies or your friends. or your um. So you were at this bar. Can you tell us a little bit more about this bar in New York? Oh, this is years ago. But that's okay. You know, when I when I first met him, he tells me the story. It was right after I'd done Jaws, and so it's forty five years that's ago. That's okay. Is the the is the restaurant or bar still there? Um, no, it's not. It's not there anymore. But it, but it was just. It was a village bar. It was just fun, and you'd stop in there, and we'd go in there and drink, and it was. It was a nice place. A lot of actors were in there at times, and it was just fun. So Dylan McDermott's dad is the bartender. He was the bartender. And, you know, his dad, and the woman who raised him, is his stepmother, was Eve Ensler, because Mac was married to Eve Ensler, who wrote the vagina monologues. Oh, wow. And so yeah, Dylan, was so, so and Dylan, he and I are still friends. That's such a beautiful story. And Dylan was a, a busboy. And you and one night when you were drinking your tequilas or your 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 uh, beers, you actually had yeah. a conversation with Dylan, and you and we talked. He asked me about acting, and that inspired his career. So you must have told him some great stories. Uh, he apparently wasn't scared of Jaws, <laughs> but he was very. He's a talented, good-looking boy, and he's a good man and good father and. I love that man. He's a good, good soul. So, so okay. So, so you go to you get him for the practice. Was that your first TV show, or which one was your first TV show you developed? Well, I, when I was at the studio, I, I worked. We worked on the X Files. Uh, the man who created the X Files, the writer, Chris uh, Carter, 
was uh, used to be the editor of Surfing Magazine. I don't know if you know this, but he did. And he made, did a couple pilots for Brandon Tartikoff. And he wanted to do a show about unexplained phenomenon. And, you know, now it's the template because it was so beautifully set up. You have a believer in uh, uh, Mulder and uh, a non-believer in Scully. So you got, you know, the yin and the yang, and everybody tries to replicate that. But it was so well done, and it was so good. And uh, the year before we did this, I had had a developed a half-hour script with Dinah Kirgo about a guy who becomes uh, an Avon lady, and David Duchovny attached to it. And then when we were in the room, Jillian Anderson came in and she had no credits. I ran into her and I told her that. I said, I was in the room. And she said to Peter Morgan, and she was with, she said, he was in the room. He was in the room. And I, I told her how she just bowled everybody over. We were just so impressed. She's one of my favorite sure. actors. She is amazing. She did some kind of so like... So talented. Yeah, her. she did a film that I was watching. It was a, uh, a serial killer where she was the detective. It was serial killer. I think, oh, I saw it. Yeah. The... It, I didn't even know. I go, who's this actor? And I go, oh my God, it's Jillian Anderson. She is like a chameleon. She, her presence on the screen, her acting, it's so incredible. Like you have great eyes. You have like great vision. The fact that you cast an unknown talent... Like, that's amazing. All of our shows were great. You know, we saw everybody for Ally McBeal, but Callista just blew everybody away. She was just something so extraordinary. She's so talented and she could, I, I think she could do anything. She can morph into almost anybody. She's really talented. Yeah, and that's a special skill. And so, so you, so you went from uh, the practice, and you did the X Files. Did you know right away um, when you were looking at the X Files that it was did, like as a producer when you're looking at material? How do you, how do you pick? Something? You never know because you, who knows what's going to happen? You know how does when do, how do they sell it? Where is it going to be on the schedule? Schedules mattered then a lot. When it was on, is it protected behind another show? You know, it mattered greatly, but we were proud of it. The real story in the practice is one point they put us on, they said they were going to put us on Sunday nights on the practice, and they put us on Saturday nights, which was a death slot. Oh. And David Kelly, and we just said, listen, let's just make the best show we can possibly make. And we did. And he, I was so proud of that practice. David was such a brilliant writer and the team made it fully realized, and it was really well cast, as was Ally McBeal. So was uh, Chicago Hope. We always cast our shows with impeccable taste, and we really looked. And there was a casting director we used a lot who I adored. She's no longer with us, but Judith Weiner was her name, and she was just so talented, and she, was, she fought for what she believed in, and we trusted her. Wow. Well, bless her because uh, those shows were long lasting, iconic, and people love them. And and so that leads me to a little question like, uh, well, now with streaming, how is that affecting? Uh, well, you know, what? I'm going to end it here so we can do part two because I want to get to your other TV shows and also your charity. Uh, can you just uh, let us know real quick the name of that? And we're going to end part one and go. Oh, to the Tourette, Tourette Syndrome Association. Tourette. It's the it, it, TA, it's, it's fabulous. 
Okay, great. Tourette Association. So we're going to end part one with Jeffrey Kramer, amazing actor and development producer. Um, and then we'll be back to, at part two. So thank you, Filmatics. I'll see you in part two.